on the first day of the week. This happens at a time and in a place with a people. And something I wanted to talk about this week, and I've been talking about time all of this week as we've had worship services, but also time and place and people because we often think about these holy books like the Bible as something written to take us beyond where we are, and that may be true, but at least in the scripture, these things are connected to a time and to a place and to a people. Just like we right now are in a time and in a place with a people. It's as real as this is for you and for me. And as I thought about that time, I thought about, well, how long were the three days for the women and for the disciples? How long were those three days? Somebody do the calculation. Let's just say, because from noon to three, it was dark on Friday afternoon. So, you know, and then sometime in that time, you know, the, Jesus gives it up and dies. And, and then he's buried in the tomb. So it's not really three full days, right? So how long is it? We could calculate time. They went at, at dawn on Sunday morning. 42 hours, okay? So it's not really three days. So there's a time component to it, how, how long it was in that chronos time, tick-tock, tick-tock. But how long was it for them? You think it was a long time? Yeah. I mean, just think about this. If, if any of you, and I'm sure all of you have had this experience at some point where, where you're waiting for something, Maybe, especially, I think it, it happens when we're waiting after we've gone to the doctor and there's some news, right? We found something. We're not, we don't want to define that thing, but we want to do a test on that thing, and now we've got to wait for the test to come back on that thing. And time speeds up, right? Goes really fast. No. It's a long time. Time slows down. Because yes, there's chronos, there's time like tick-tock, 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 but time is an experience for us. We experience it in certain ways. And so I'm sure that that 42 hours probably seemed like the longest 42 hours that they had experienced up to that point. Because one especially the men were wondering, when are, when are the Romans coming with swords? Because that's how it goes, is that when, when an insurrectionist leader gets crucified, gets put up on this instrument of death and torture, this instrument of intimidation and coercion, I mean, we sort of, I mean, you know, I mean, what a pretty cross. I mean, we even backlit it for us, Right? Crosses lined the roads before the major towns in Roman times. Why? Not to welcome you. To say, guess who has the power? Guess who has control? And if you step out of that, guess what's going to happen to you? 
And they would just generally leave the bodies there. Beautiful sight. How long were the three days? A long time. I, I think about this in, in thinking about our experience of time. And there's, a, there's a, at least for me, a funny story. I remember when we got our first microwave. My mom always made instant coffee. That was just her thing. And so she usually had a kettle on the, on the stove, right? And she would have to turn the kettle on. Well, so we get the microwave. And I remember her putting a cup in there. One minute. And she's like, wow. That's so fast. You know what she was doing two weeks later? When is this going to be done? I'm ready for my coffee. Again, time. It's just a, a completely different experience of things. And so... So here it is, this, it's this interminable amount of time. Their, their friend, their brother, their leader, their son is dead in a tomb and they haven't been able to do the appropriate kinds of things that you do for someone who has died because it was the Sabbath day, it was the celebration of Passover, which is supposed to be this great and wondrous celebration for Jewish people, but they are in mourning and they're waiting and of course it's the men who get up early and go to the... no. They're sleeping in. They're not even planning to go because they don't want to be found near the tomb where Jesus is. Because there's still swords to be met. The women go to do their duty. And the tomb is what? It's empty. It's empty. He's not there. And this, this passage in Luke doesn't really get into all that, like the, the, the whole, well, it's empty, what's going on there, all, all that sort of thing. I was joking with my son this morning about, well, what if our symbol had become the empty tomb? Because that's really what we are. We're an empty tomb people. What if our symbol had become an empty tomb? And he said, well, Dad, a lot of people will be walking around with washers around their neck. And I said, yes, you know, hand-hammered, very beautiful, rough-hewn washers right? They look like donuts. And people would go, what? You like donuts? We're an empty tomb people. But here's what's so interesting about it. So they, they find the empty tomb and they realize Jesus is not there in this particular rendition of it. And what I love about this is, is we have four different views on this in, in the Gospels. And so you should read all of them to, to just see all of the ways that this is recounted and remembered. And, and these these two angels or men who are standing there in dazzling white. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember, he told you the son must be handed over to sinners, be crucified on the third day, rise again. And they remembered his words and they returned from the tomb and they told the eleven all of this. And of course, what did they do? Oh, wow, this changes everything. No, they, like probably like you and me at times, are like, sure, right. Jesus is raised from the dead. That's never happened before. Oh, except for when he raised Lazarus from the dead, but that seems a little different than this. And they wonder about it. Peter goes to see about it. And, and I love this. Uh, Frederick Buechner's a, a, a Presbyterian writer, and he says, you, you cannot depict or domesticate emptiness. I think that's maybe part of the reason why it's not the empty tomb that's our symbol. 
You cannot depict or domesticate emptiness. When you feel empty, it's hard to say what that really feels like. So they go, and Peter is amazed by this emptiness, but he, he doesn't go back and tell them. He goes, he goes home and is just amazed by it. The empty tomb even ends up redeeming this demeaning and manipulative and coercive symbol of the cross. Because Jesus' resurrection, the empty tomb, says not even this kind of earthly power has the power that you thought it did. Death does not have the power anymore that you thought it did. And we are told that this resurrection came when the time was right. We call it in the Greek kairos time. I've been talking about that. That kairos time is like when your tomatoes are ripe for the plucking. When you could walk through an apple orchard and you just want to take one off of the tree, rub it on your shirt, and just take a big old bite of it because it's perfect. Juice running down your face. That crisp sweetness. Kairos time. It is the right time. And that time then is now. And Frederick Buechner says, for believers and unbelievers alike, life has never been the same again. For us as believers, we believe this is the first day of the new creation where we are given the opportunity to have a brand new life, to walk in that newness of life each and every day. Jesus' resurrection is the fulfillment of time. And so the time is now. Kingdom time. Kairos time. And we know that the time is now and it is not yet completely fulfilled because the kingdom has not come on earth in its fullness. But it is here. And the Holy Spirit speaks it to us. Shows it to us. And yet, because of our brokenness, because of our brokenness, we still act like it's the same old time. We still act with manipulation and coercion and power to get what we want. And I say we because it is us. When these things happen in the world, it is not them, it is us. We are the ones, we humanity, we are the ones doing this to ourselves. We act as if it is the same old time and nothing has changed or nothing is new. And that is a lie. Because the truth is Jesus has redeemed the time. Jesus has given us a new life. Jesus has broken the power of the principalities and has given the power of the Holy Spirit to all people. To live into a newness of life that speaks of love and of grace and of mercy and of generosity and of gratitude. That speaks of dignity for each and every human being, no matter what they look like, no matter what they talk like, no matter what they act like. That they have an opportunity to enter this redemption. And so the time is now and the time is right 
it is Kairos time to seek justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. May it be so. May the time be right for you, for me, for all of us. Happy Easter.